Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott, and hello to you folks, and welcome to Black Friday weekend. Hopefully you're out there spending money. And while you're spending money, you're listening to KMOX. This is a garden hotline, by the way. If you do have any questions or concerns about your plant material, well, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Good gardening stroll. I will be doing that in a few seconds. And then after the stroll, we can talk about your trees, your perennials, what's going on with that ground cover, how about all those leaves? Should you be cutting your grass even though it's the day after or a couple days after Thanksgiving, actually? And do you need to do some routine maintenance and care? Are your dogs having an impact on your landscape? Hmm. You need to worry about any insects right now? Suspicious about any kind of growth or spots? Can you do some transplanting? Those perennials that you wanted to move, uh, you didn't get around to them, you still have time to do it. I'll share my knowledge to help you make a good decision, but the action you decided to take is going to be strictly up to you. And remember, this is your show, and I appreciate you having me into your plant world. Another very important player is Drew. He's the producer. He answers the phone, pushes all the buttons, makes everything work. So, uh... Greatly appreciate his effort. Oh, by the way, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And I can come to your landscape for an on-site consultation, a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. And on the homepage, there's my email address and phone number. Well, let's get strolling. This walk is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. When I stepped out the back door, <laughs> oh, a little chilly. <laughs> you look at the numbers until you actually feel it. Because huh. I keep my coat and everything uh, in my car, so I have to get to the car <laughs> which I guess is kind of stupid on my part. But anyway, it was kind of cool, and I sat there, little frost on the windshield, 
and waited for a little bit and finally got to leave. And just as I was backing out of the driveway and uh, heading towards downtown, the sky, the sun was making the cloud color bright orange. It was really kind of neat. But by the time I got downtown, that bright orange had changed to white. So the clouds went from orange to white. That was kind of cool. The old courthouse is under renovation. It'd be interesting to see what they're going to be doing with that. Then across Broadway from the old courthouse is the Salvation Army Tree of Lights, and it really was glistening. It was very, very striking. And this is uh, where Broadway and Chestnut and Market kind of all meet. Bald cypress are the street trees along there, and uh, they're refusing to drop their brown needles, at least up to this point. In this area, there's igloos that invite you to come and sit and enjoy. A whole bunch of not really made out of ice or anything, igloos, but uh, someplace just to kind of enjoy. That's what it's all about. There's the ice rink, and uh, they have some heat lamps along the ice rink, too. So if you want to go ice skating downtown, there's temporary fence around the whole area. This is Keener Plaza, by the way. And uh, the temporary fence has a red ribbon garland wrapping around it. Some of the trees, like the catalpa trees, well, that had the big dangling pods. That's Lady Cigar Tree. The pods were hanging down. There was liriope underneath some of the, along some of the streets underneath the trees. Viburnums and hollies, they were keeping the, everything looking green. And there was a lot of other shrubs that still were holding onto the foliage, too. It'll be interesting to see if we have this you know, a little cold snap here if it's going to knock a bunch of the leaves off. There's various uh, sculptures, artwork underneath the trees in this uh, part of downtown. Lights were zipping from here to there and everywhere. And on this day after Black Friday, uh, it was really feeling kind of chilly. So I really didn't walk that long, maybe about 20 or 25 minutes, but it was like, I can't take this anymore. I'm not used to it yet. But the birds were out all over the place, and actually a couple squirrels were bouncing around as well. So it's uh, a nice time at Keener Plaza. Head down there. It looks very different than it does normally, but that's what uh, the holiday season does is change the looks of many, many different things. So if you do have any questions or concerns, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We'll be back right after these messages. The sun is very nice looking, and it makes a huge difference if you're standing in the sun versus the shade. Let's head over to Janine's. Hi, Janine. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, my question is re- it's regarding some roses that I have um, out in front of the house along the porch in a rock area. I've got knockout roses in the center, and then on either side of them I have drift roses. And the one drift rose, they're about five years old, the one drift rose is... Um, 
it's hard to describe, but it's got like red stems all of a sudden, and they're really thick, and the roses don't fully bud from them. They they come out in a little tiny bud, and they just stay that way until they die. And it's the second year that it's done that, and I don't know what's causing it or how to get rid of it if I need to take the whole plant out. Do these stems have a whole bunch of thorns on them? Yes. Yeah. So what it has is rose rosette. And rose rosette is actually a disease that's transmitted by spider mites that are blown from other roses that have the problem. So uh, it's deadly. It's very Okay. And the unfortunate thing is uh, hopefully, I mean, you didn't know what it was, so consequently you left it. So hopefully there was no spider mites on it that blew to your other roses because pretty much any rose can get the rose rosette. Oh, great. Okay. So I do need to take that plan out and put a new one in. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I was wondering because it's the second year for this, and I it just gets worse. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah, it's an unfortunate right. thing. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. Yep. And now let's head over to Mary Ann's. Hi, Mary Ann. Hi. I just have a quick question. My yard is huge, and I cannot get rid of mold. I've heard that grub worms is what brought them in the first place, but I don't know that it would be that I could afford to treat a minimum of an acre for grub worms. I've tried all kinds of poisons. So I'll listen to your answer. Thank you. Sure. Well, if uh, grubs are, yes, moles will eat grubs, but that's not their main diet. That's an appetizer as they're tunneling along. So you have a large yard, but your yard is probably in fairly good shape. And even though you have the grubs there, you've got earthworms, and that's the main diet for the moles. So you can't really get rid of earthworms and so you're going to have to go after the moles with traps controlling grubs will not get rid of moles at all so I guess Marianne's gone I don't know some noises but uh, so that that's the whole thing with the moles everybody always you know my industry in a way kind of Misled people saying, get rid of you know, the grubs, and then consequently, then the moles will leave. No, they don't. Their main diet is earthworms. Like, as I said, the grubs are just an appetizer as they're tunneling along. What they do is they hear the earthworms moving, and that's what they tunnel towards. Now, the ground is getting cold, so the earthworms are going to go a little bit deeper they're not going to be moving around themselves. So then what happens is the moles have a tendency to go into hibernation themselves because there's nothing to eat. So they have two systems of tunnels. One is right at the surface that pops up, and then the other one is below that, and that's the, the one that's below the, let's say, the surface tunnel is one that leads back to like a, more or less a hole, underground hole, her tunnel or cave or whatever that they had dug, then that's where they go to uh, do their hibernation. So it's a, 
bit of a hassle and a heartache. So, again, we have some phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. So we have, as I said, phone lines open. Well, this time of year, it's, uh, you know, the holiday season. Thanksgiving's over, so we have a tendency to look towards New Year's and Christmas. And although the poinsettia plant dominates as far as like many of the sales through the uh, holiday season. But there's an alternative plant that deserves a consideration. And the plant was once marketed as a holiday cactus. And few plants seem to create such confusion as this particular plant group does, at least when it comes to botanical nomenclature. Botanical nomenclature is just talk. So the holiday cactus, there are two different types. One is a Christmas cactus, and the other one is a Thanksgiving cactus. So they're both flowering cactus. They don't look like the classic cactus as far as thorns go or anything like that. So it's uh, what I'll do is just through the, when there's some breaks of uh, calls and things like that, I'll just throw out some more interesting things related to the difference between a Christmas cactus and a Thanksgiving cactus. And uh, so let's go over to Jim's yard now, though. Hi, Jim. Hi. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the call. I'm, I'm uh, thinking about um, uh, planning for some spring yard work. I've got a couple acres of yard, and I've been working on them, and I got most of the sections in pretty good shape, but I've got one small section about a half acre, and it's almost all crabgrass. So mm. I'm thinking this spring how I attack that, because right now it's all turned brown. Do I just zap that with some Trimac and then seed it and fertilizer? What's the best way to go about that this spring? Well, in the spring, you can use a pre-emergent. So crabgrass is an annual weedy grass is what it is. Yep. And uh, by putting a pre-emergent down, it will kill it as the seeds germinate. But if you've got a big stand of it, which it sounds like you do, it's probably going to give uh, take you a couple years to get it totally under control. So when you say pre-emergent, is that something I spray on in the spring? or? Well, there's a couple different types. So just whatever your favorite garden center has, or just go online, or maybe the best thing to do is go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see what they recommend as far as what you know what the, you know for a pre-emergent in the springtime. And pre-emergent is that is that something you is that a liquid spray or yeah. it can be yes it can be okay what it does is okay. it, what it does is create a on the soil surface a barrier and then when the crabgrass seed or any other kind of annual seed or even perennial weed seeds or perennial weeds or perennial plants, any seed that germinates, it kills it at that with uh, because it germinates right into the actual pre-emergent layer. I see. Is, is that what Trimec is or not? Uh, could be. I mean, you know. Okay. All right, then, so when I, when I put the pre-emergent on, and that's something I can put on early in the spring, or uh, when would I apply that? Do you put that on when the yellow forsythia is in bloom? 
So when the forsythia is in bloom, what that indicates is the soil's at a certain temperature, and that's a temperature just prior to when weeds or any kind of seeds will be germinating. Okay, so that's going to be early spring then. Yes, very much. Yeah. Okay, then I put that on. Then do I... Uh, seeds, put grass seed on after that? Or well, wait, you got to wait for a while because, you know, there could be some residual from that. Right. But there's no reason to put grass seed down any sooner than uh, probably late April, early May because the soil temperature, gotcha. you know, for let's say classic lawn seed is likes the soil temperature is a little bit warmer than some of the other stuff. Okay. And then do I fertilize at the same time as I put grass seed down? Yeah, you can with a seed starter type fertilizer. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Yep. Good luck with that. And what you can okay, do, you, you know, prior to that too, is do some core aeration and spread some compost on the ground. That's after, you know, let's say, a month or so after you put the pre-emergent down. You don't want to do uh, core aeration right after you put the pre-emergent down because that breaks that chemical barrier that you've created. And so that's, you know, sort of the downside of that. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back to the uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving cactus. Well, the Thanksgiving cactus leaflets are a little bit more pointed versus the ones that are called Christmas cactus. And also the Thanksgiving cactus blooms earlier. Now, both these plants, as they mature, the branches tend to arch downward. So in other words, they more or less cascade down, and it has a very graceful appearance. So that's just you know their habit. And with age, the base of the stem becomes thick and woody. And what that does is help support the weight of the younger stems and flowers on the end of it. And they're really pretty tough and durable. Uh, Fertilizing-wise and everything else, yes, that's something that uh, you should fertilize. They're not a hardy plant. They've got to be in your house. And the flower buds won't de- really develop when the soil, t- or when the t- t- let's say, nighttime temperatures are 70 degrees or higher, so that's why they're, they bloom in the wintertime, more or less. And uh, what, the, what can happen is that the temperatures are too warm, the flower buds as they form can be dropped off. So just be really careful when you purchase them that uh, you know, where, wherever the nursery or garden center or wherever you bought it, is doesn't have them someplace where there's going to be some hot air from heat ducts and appliances or anything like that, which produce, you know, heat. And then flower buds are also triggered by the length of the day. Less than 12 hours, yes, because the days are getting shorter, and that means long night plants. So that's Christmas cactus versus Thanksgiving cactus. So we got a collar. And uh, other things that you need to be thinking about just in your yard, I did my final cut on my zoysia grass this past week. I got it, cut it down to about uh, two inches or so, bagged up all the clippings, and uh, went from there. Hello, Lenny, are you there? Yes. Okay, go ahead. 
How are you doing, Mike? Very good. Good. Um, I got a deal on some Arborvitaes for my guy selling them on one of the Facebook pages or something. Uh, they're healthy. He had grown them in pots. I just picked them up the other day. I don't exactly know where I want to put them in my yard. Do you? Should I just? How should I? How should I keep these guys going? Um, should I dig a hole and put them in, or can I just like mound dirt around them, or what's the best way to? You're probably better off to leave them in the pot and dig a hole in some garden space and just drop the pots down into the hole, and leave okay. the top uh, inch or so above, Correct. you know, any kind of mulch or the top layer or. And just leave them there until you can kind of figure out what you want to do with them. Okay, so just mounting a big couple big scoops of dirt wouldn't. I got to dig a hole, probably best, right? Yeah, okay. that's going to be a better thing because we just don't know what our weather's going to be like. I mean, you might be okay. able just to leave them sit on top of the ground and pile mulch or soil or whatever around them, but it's just a little bit iffy. More iffy than dropping them into the ground because the ground is a lot more dense and a lot more protective. Gotcha. And one other quick one. Um, my wife's cousin gave her gave us some blackberries over the summer, and uh, my garden space. I got raised beds. I I mean they're big ones because I'm on the country and all the animals and stuff. I get they're like twelve feet long by two wide by about. I don't know, 30 inches deep. I put uh, I put one of the blackberries in there. Is is that going to stay? Is that going to get too cold? And do you think that'll be all right in a raised bed like that? Or how how high is it raised? It's it's about 30 inches deep of dirt. Oh well, you should be okay then if it's that. Yeah this this is this is no small raised bed. So. <laughs> Doesn't so. sound like it, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. Yep. Bye. Thank you, Lenny. And 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. As we were talking about uh, the crabgrass and stuff like that, now that, again, is uh, one of the annual warm season weeds, and you put the pre-emergent down, again, when the yellow forsythia is in bloom. There is a cool season weeds, and those the pre-emergent would have been put down in August to actually kill those seeds as they germinate. And the cool season weeds are still doing fine if you haven't had any control. So that includes henbit, dead nettle, chickweed, annual bluegrass, prickly lettuce, Persian speedwell, rabbit's foot clover, shepherd's purse are the main ones of that. So... Those are the ones that can still be, you know, hassling or causing some grief for your landscape just kind of in general. And uh, just kind of keep that in mind. Other things that you need to be thinking about is leaves. As I said, I've cut my zoysia for the final time. But the amount of leaves, you know, not just falling from our sugar maples, which are street trees around us, the Christie Park's right across the street. The leaves have not started to blow yet in from, from Christie Park, but they're going to be headed our direction real soon because we're in the northeast corner of Christie Park. So all the prevailing winds, or the majority of the prevailing winds, come out of the southwest, and then we, we end up with a huge amount of 
fall from leaves, and you got to get keep that keep ahead of that stuff, because if you don't, you can end up with some kind of winter type fungus problems that really won't be all that obvious until in the springtime when you start to see round spots, any place between four to like twelve or fourteen inches, and that's because of a fungus, a winter time fungus that was a result of the high humidity. So just kind of keep that in mind. Let's go over, let's go to Harold's yard. Hi Harold. Hi Mike. Hi. How you doing? Very good. Um I I have a couple of questions. Um a lady was talking about the moles. Right. Many years ago people were talking about putting Dawn dishwashing detergent on them. And uh, right now I've got about almost a half an acre of of really healthy moles, and I was thinking about trying some of that. I've got one of the pest control companies working on them, but we don't seem to have much uh, uh, success with it. And I was wondering if I couldn't remember how they said about putting down the dishwashing detergent. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't have any idea. Oh, okay, well. So I never okay. heard of that. I mean, how are you going to get it down to where the moles you know, to penetrate well, down uh, through the soil to where a mole is. I made myself a stick with a 10-inch, 3-inch uh, nail on it, and I can, I, you know, and I, I can even find these deep tunnels with that. Ah. So I was thinking maybe, you know, it makes a 3-inch hole, you know, mm-hmm. and I just uh, dump it down in there. Maybe it would discourage them to leave uh, um abandon the tunnel, uh, tunnels and stuff. It could. You know, I, I, I'm i not familiar. I've never done it myself. And usually when, you know, I answer things, it's related to something I've done myself or, yeah. you know. So, okay. And then I had something else I wanted to say. This man with the big crabgrass problem. Right. Uh, what, uh, what I would do uh, is I would core aerate that thing now. Right. And sow some, sow some cool season grasses in there, and then you know that'll grow, they'll germinate over the winter, and then when the crabgrass comes up, uh, he'll have some grass there, and the pre-emergent won't affect his, you know, what he'll have some grass to start with. Well, my only uh, concern with that is. You know, the ground temperature is getting cool enough that, the you know, even it's a cool season lawn, whether it be fescue or bluegrass, it may be past the time it's going to be able to germinate. So the seed would just kind of lay there and may not make it through the wintertime, depending upon well, how much yeah. moisture or snow or ice or whatever we have. Uh-huh. Well, I know sometime, one time I remember I sowed grass seed in somebody's yard and we plowed snow that night. And wow. the grass came up nice. Oh, really? Really great. Oh, great. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, maybe uh, the cool season grasses might get a little bit of, uh, I mean, I, what I do is I go out there and I throw some grass seed right now and see what happens. I mean, I, I don't know how much it's going to take, but it won't, you know, a little bit of grass seed, if he can have something going before they put the crabgrass on. Yeah, because the pre-emergent, the, right? Yeah, because he, he's going to be. I you know by the time he gets killed the crabgrass and gets seed growing, it'll be in the middle of summer. 
Might be. <laughs> That's why I always so. recommend you know putting any kind of uh, cool season lawn grass seed down in the fall. Yeah. Know, late summer, early fall. Yeah, that I mean, from time I usually what I my uh, rule of thumb was any time after the fifteenth of August, right. you can start sowing grass seed. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. Thanks, Harold. Uh huh. And now let's head over to Ron's yard. Hi, Ron. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, uh, Mike, I, I got a pin oak tree behind my back porch. It's about 10 feet away from it, and uh, the big porch. And I've got about five limbs off of it hanging right over the porch in the house, arranging diameter of six, seven inches to about 10 inches. Ooh. Way after. I mean, we're talking like 25, 30 feet. Right. Over my house. And the tree's 10 feet from the back of the porch. Now, uh, I, I obviously probably need an arbor, arborist because I want to save the tree mm-hmm. uh, for the shade and everything. And... Uh, uh, and I've heard you talk about trees before. Uh, uh, there's a way of treating the, the tree after they, the branches, you know, where you've cut them off from the trunk. Uh, is that there uh, something to, they can treat them with to, to save the rest of the, you know, to save the tree? No, there's really nothing needed. If it's pruned in the, in the right season and everything else, uh, pruning sealers in the days of old, they had lead in them, so they're no longer available. And just mm-hmm. to co- sort of cosmetically color, you know, an open wound doesn't do anything at all. So you're just better off to have somebody that knows what they're doing with the final cut and just let the tree heal itself. It's cambium layers, kind of like, you know, if you cut your skin or you do something wrong with your skin, you get a scab. And what this cambium layer does is just grow a scab over this open wound, and that seals it up. It'll take a couple of years before it covers it entirely, but you sh- you don't need to put any kind of sealer or anything at all on it. Uh, would this be a good good time of the year to have this done? Yes. Okay. Very good time. And, uh, I've talked to a neighbor about it. They've had the same problem. Uh, and you can't recommend an arborist, I don't think, but, uh, uh, just make sure that they are licensed arborist. Okay. All right. That's what we'll do then. All right. Good luck. Thank you very much, Mike. And have a good rest of the day. Yes. You do the very same thing. And, uh, Nancy, we're going to take you after we come back from break. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, 314 Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Never thought I'd travel along the Three one four four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Let's head over to Nancy's yard. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Mike. I have a question about leaves. I have all kinds of leaves from our big oak tree that have fallen in my flower beds. They're like on top of the mulch and the plants. 
can I just leave them there as an insulator for the plants, or will they cause a problem? They'll cause a problem. Oh, so I have to get them all out? Well, ideally, yes. I mean, especially something like oak leaves, which, I mean, they persist. They have a nice waxy coating on them. And uh, what it does is they create a high level of humidity, and it can cause problems related to the plant material. And just holding the moisture just can be detrimental. What you can do, I don't know what kind of mower you have or anything else, but you can set your mower high and try to mow over the top of it so you don't, you know, disturb your mulch, but you can chop up the leaves that way. And once they're broken down to smaller pieces, you can leave them, but, you know, on top of the mulch, if it still gets too thick and deep, then it's going to be trouble. Okay. Yeah, well, I know you had said that to rake the leaves off the lawn because it can cause a fungus. Right. But I wasn't sure about all my landscaping beds. Okay, I know what I get to do today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's around woody plant material and stuff, it's not nearly as problematic as it is where perennials, ground covers, and lawn is. Oh, great. Okay, well, thanks for the information. Sure, my pleasure. And Lynette? Yes, hi, How Mike. Are you? Hi. I'm good. Go ahead. I am okay. I'm calling in um, to for the man that was t- called in about uh, the moles and mm. how to kill them. Right. <laughs> well, we have terrible mole problem. Uh, we have a big property, and um, something that has worked for me for the last two years is by Tomcat. It's uh, I buy it at Ace Hardware, and uh, it's ten worms in the pack. And I put on plastic gloves, and I find um, put my hand down there to find which you know the directions that uh, the moles are going. Right. And I place those down there, and then cover them back up. And between me and my neighbor, um, we've been able to get rid of the moles. So, in other words, these worms are poison. I guess so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But they certainly work. Well, that's great. So, I mean, if they're um, – anyway, just something for him to try. Yeah. I mean, that's that makes good sense. There, You know, there is a product called Kaput, and what that is is you inject it into the mole tunnels, and it smells like earthworms, only it is a poison too. So the mole will come along and say, oh, here's a nice something for me to eat, and then they eat it, and Kaput. <laughs> that's – so the same, virtually the same kind of product, same situation. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, you know, I bought it, and I'm thinking, well, you know, no, this isn't going to work. Nothing else has worked. And um, anyway, it has worked for me. Perfect. So I would pass that along. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, okay, well, thank you. Yep, thank that's you. That's all I have. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Yeah, and uh, the gentleman going back to the gentleman that's having his, you know, his oak tree, he's going to have it pruned. You can still do some uh, pruning on uh, woody plant material. I mean, once the foliage has started to turn colors, which it did a, you know, a while ago and everything else, and the leaves have started to drop, especially maple trees like to be pruned in the wintertime because they their sap flow is going to be less you know, in the deep winter that's, you know, that's not going to cause any kind of problems for them. 
and the oak trees and the ash trees and everything else, when they're dormant, it's much better to do the pruning at that time. So just, you know, keep that in mind. So if you do have some trees or other plants that need to be pruned. Also, this is a good time of year for any of your summer blooming type shrubs, like your crepe myrtles and things along that line, Rosa Sharon. By pruning them now, then you what happens is they set their flower buds in the springtime. So if you fly, you know, if you wait to, until the new growth begins in the spring, you're cutting off the potential flowers. And the same with the the spring blooming shrubs, like the yellow forsythia that I said. That's a signal for the putting the pre-emergent down. If you prune them now, you're virtually eliminating any kind of flowering for this upcoming spring. So just you know, keep that in mind that pruning at certain times a year doesn't necessarily be, mean it's going to be detrimental or deadly for the actual shrub that you, or tree, whether it, might, it could be a crab apple because they bloom in the spring. So if you prune crab apples now, you're just eliminating the potential for flowering in the springtime. And uh, so that's you know, what you have to kind of keep in mind. So it's in relationship to that. It doesn't necessarily, as I said, be other than aesthetically problematic. So just realize that that's something that you can do when we have some warmer days. You want to get outside and do some things and you're sick and tired of raking leaves or whatever. You can do it at that time. So, ah, winter time. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I don't like winter. It's too cold. <laughs> the After the News. That was what she gave to me. Never thought I'd travel all along the trail of memory. Time, time, time to see what's become of me. While I looked around for my possibilities. 
Yes, folks. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We have phone lines open. And this is the second hour of the Garden Hotline, which is the tip of the trowel, which is a special recognition on air, individual group or situation that's made an impression on me during this past week. And it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. But right now, as I said before, if you have any ideas, questions, concerns, or comments, just give us a call. And Drew will put you up on the computer screen, and we'll go from there. Phone numbers again, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And uh, all kinds of other stuff. You know, things slow down, definitely. As far as the amount of work and everything that you uh, might be doing in your landscape, in your house plants, don't forget them. We get very busy doing other things and sometimes forget and, oh, oh well. But please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take, but hopefully it will help you consider maybe a different direction than what uh, you have been doing or have been thinking about. Uh, You want to have good luck with things. It's really difficult to grow plant material here outside. Now, houseplants and stuff like that, uh, pretty much the same thing, regardless of where, because they're inside. But uh, locations for the inside, it makes a big, big difference. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline for 29 years, and if you'd like for me to come to your landscape for an on-site consultation, which I call a walk-and-talk, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and the homepage has my email address and phone number. And if you'd like to, uh, I have gift certificates that I can email you, so if you'd like to give uh, somebody a walk-and-talk for a holiday season gift, you can just contact me and I'll email you a gift certificate. And again, all this is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. The tip of the trial goes out to Eric. Eric is a, an HVAC technician for classic air care. And he came and did our, we have a routine where we have them come twice a year and check out our air conditioner in the springtime for summer, and then for the wintertime, our furnace. And he, we have been having, like, dust problematic, and I couldn't figure out what all this dust was from. And he actually figured it out, and what it was is the humidifier on our furnace, the filter needed to be changed and what he cleaned it out and everything else, and now we're not having this dust <laughs> on all of our stuff. Besides that, he checked out everything else, was just perfect. So, again, a tip of the trial goes out to Eric from Classic Air Care. We've been using them for our heating and cooling for uh, since we moved from Sular to South City. They used to be located just down the street from us. They've relocated further south, I think, towards Fenton or Arnold, or I don't know exactly where their location is. But uh, not only do they 
have very good staff members and everything else. They have penguins all over their trucks. So that makes it kind of fun, too. So let's do a phone call or two before we take a break. Is it Kristen? Kristen? Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you. We bought some, like, six-inch little Norfolk pines that came tiny with little ornaments on them. We sat them on the, Christ- on the piano at Christmas time. Fast forward 15 years, they're now, one of them's five feet, one of them's six feet. They're in on on the floor in big pots. Mm-hmm. Would those ever be able to transition to outside? And if so, would you have to harden them off, or would that kill them? They're getting going to... And if, if they keep growing at this rate, they'll be too big for my house. <laughs> no, they can't. They're not hardy. So they're tr- strictly a tropical type thing. Okay. They're just so big and so beautiful. Right. They're, so, I mean, it shows that you're a pretty good houseplant grower, that if you've had them get that large from the size they started off as. <laughs> yeah, the good old Kmart. <laughs> Yeah, the Norfolk Island is not exactly someplace where uh, they have winter temperatures or anything like that at all. So, I mean, if you'd even put it out on your put them out on your deck, even close to the house and stuff, it's not enough protection with our crazy winter temperatures. Okay, thank you so much. Yep, my pleasure. And now let's go to Dave before we take a break. Hi, Dave. Hey, Mike. Hi. Uh, we listened to you last year on repotting our what we thought was Christmas cactus, and now this morning I find out we have a Thanksgiving cactus by <laughs> what you said. <laughs> but uh, it's, I repotted it last year for my wife, listening to your uh, comments, and boy, it really came to life, and it's it's just a brilliant dark pink this year. Wow, great. Um, I've got another one that I'm going to re- repot for her. How much bigger of a pot should I go to? Or just, should I just... Yeah, just one inch bigger. Okay, very good. Uh, the one that's blooming now, she thinks she got it from her grandmother. She thinks it's 50 years old. Oh, my goodness. It, I, it was bad on us. I didn't do anything to it for years, and I, we can't believe it survived. But it really must be hardy. So, okay. and... Yeah, I mean, obviously you have some good skill. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I farm for a living, so that might help. <laughs> well, great. Okay, thank you. Yep. Thank you for your comments. Yeah, my pleasure. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Phone lines open, and we'll be back after these messages. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? 
then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Art's yard. Hi, Art. Uh, Thanks for taking the call, Mike. Sure. You know, um, I always like to see anything that's growing have a long, healthy life to uh, its productivity. And I got something, uh, sedum, 17 inches tall. And, of course, the pollinators did a real good job on them. And I'm just wondering, how do you trim or how do you manage those? Uh, you don't cut off the uh, heads with the seeds uh, formation in there, do you? Well, you can do that, yes. So these are probably uh, Autumn Joy sedums, and uh, if they're that tall, and they yeah. should just, uh, I mean, you can just cut the stems off. Because the the base is, excuse me, <coughs> right at ground level, and as long as you leave that, then you should be fine. Uh huh. The second question I have, if I might, with respect to locating bulbs of uh, little uh, plantings that spread, how do you handle that? Uh, do you can you save them? by uh, cleaning off all the soil and then putting them in a bag and then storing them in the garage? Or uh, how can you uh, propagate something like that? Well, you're probably better off just to get some new bulbs rather than trying to do that. So are you talking about uh, summer bulbs, so like gladiolas and things along that line? No, I'm talking the spring, the uh, little... Crocus? yeah, yeah. You just you should just add new ones, you know, if you want more of them. Because to dig up a crocus, you're going to cause it more trouble than you're going to do good. Uh huh. Now let me ask you this: is sort of a sensitive question, with respect to melorganite, would you say it's good on the vegetable garden? Yeah, it should be fine. Well, let me ask you. How does lead get into applesauce that is being sold? And on occasions, the water in watermelons are uh, contaminated. To me, you know, we don't have carbon filters on our water system. And I think somebody's get got to go to France Embassy and tell them they got to do a better job. With respect to our ownership of our water supply. Well, thanks, Howard. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, if there's lead that's turning up into some products, got to be coming up out of the ground. So there's not too much else you can do. And now let's go to Craig's yard. Hi, Craig. Hello, Craig. Are you there? 
I'm there, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. There you go. Hey, I didn't get my canis or my elephant ears out yet. Uh, did I wait too long or go ahead and get them out today? Or No, you can get them out. Okay. And then um, also um, cut back Larope. Do I do that now or would I wait till springtime now? It's really up to you. I mean, it still probably looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. So I thought I'd just kind of leave it. I've normally waited till spring, but I didn't know if I should just, you know, mow over it now or, you know, cut it back now. But uh, I'll just hold off then. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, the liriope I saw during uh, down by Keener Plaza, it really looks vibrant. I mean, I was surprised, yeah. that, you know, how well it actually looks. So. Yeah. Okay, then I'll leave. Very good. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Yep. So we have some phone lines open, 314 Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Speaking of uh, some of the elephant ears and things like that, I still have some in pots, and uh, I haven't taken them out of the uh, the soil yet. And a lot of people are starting to leave certain summer bulbs, especially cannas, out, and. I've watched them for several years now, and they've come back really pretty strong. Now, I've done it with the, the elephant ears, and my elephant ears, this will be their third one. Let's see. No, second winter. And so I'll see what happens, you know, with the when the new growth begins in the springtime. I have a fairly protected location. I don't, don't do any extra mulch over the top of them or anything like that. So... Um, that's something that you could uh, consider doing if you have cannas. And people are doing it with uh, banana plants. There's probably like four different homes in my neighborhood that I walk by routinely. And they're bananas. You know, they look really scary right now. But consequently, uh, they seem to come back really, really strong. Most people don't leave them in the ground, but there are, like I said... Several people that are leaving them in the ground. And that's, uh, <laughs> is that global change or what is it? Let's head over to Tony's yard. Hi, Tony. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. I always enjoy our show. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't really have a, well, I have a kind of a rhetorical question, I guess. Um, you have uh, often speak of uh, different invasive species that come in, and it seems like the origin of these is always from the Far East. Well, I'm wondering, do they have any invasive species from us? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> just That was just my question. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to enjoy your show. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they could have that would be here that would be invasive. Hmm. But, yeah, one of the worst things we've ever gotten from the, let's say, the Far east is the honeysuckle shrub, which came initially brought in and uh, in the state of New York. And I don't know. I think it was for an event or something. I can't exactly remember what it was. I don't think it was brought in for sale, but it could have been. It could have been a combination of two different things. And we know what the honeysuckle shrub then did. It migrated all the way. It couldn't go over the Rockies, but it goes basically from New York all the way to the Rocky Mountains. And it's just 
vicious as far as how many different plants there are. Let's say, is that Orville? Yeah, it's uh, Orville Slotwilder, and I offer a service to uh, get rid of the moles in the yard. I use uh, cats, and these cats are trained to go out and dig up the moles. Whoa. And then they, they bring them up on the porch for me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, 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 raise them, I raise these cats from kittens, and I give these kittens the moles to play with. And then when they grow up, they go out and dig up the moles and, uh, you know, and I, I bring them around to people's houses in the neighborhood and uh, everybody likes that. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's something else. Uh, I'm online here at uh, catchyourmoleswithacat.com. All right. Well, great. <laughs> well, thanks for the insight. And now let's go over to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Hi, hi, Mike. Mike, after having grown cannas many years, I have discovered that the secret is have them in a place where they have excellent drainage, and you can leave them out uh, year-round as long as you do not have them uh, in a place where they get very cool and wet in the spring. If you have a cool, wet spring and you've left them out there, you can salvage them uh, by digging them up uh, if they, if you discover that they are starting to rot. Mm. So keep them uh, excellent drainage, and then uh, if you do have problems, put them in, uh, dig them up uh, so they don't get too too wet and go ahead and rot. Yeah. Well, that's good. Great insight. I think that uh, your, read, uh, your listeners will find it works. All right. Sounds perfect. Yeah, the good drainage. Yeah, cold, you know, cold springtime moisture over the, you know, over the amount of, uh, let's say, normal moisture is, uh, can be detrimental to lots of different things, not just uh, tropical type or summer bulbs. But you can have them uh, in uh, the same bed or uh, adjacent beds, and you will say, well, now, why did these rot? You'll find that if those uh, rotted, it was because uh, they got too wet. Well, thanks. I greatly appreciate your insight. Thanks, Mike. Yep. And we do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is a perfect time of year, speaking of good drainage and everything else, to get a soil test. Get your soil tested. University of Missouri Extension Service, they have a location where you can drop off your samples you know, in Kirkwood, so you can go to University of Missouri Extension and find out the exact location. It is on the East Monroe, but uh, that will help you. Uh, soil testing, what it's going to tell you is soil conditions really have a big impact on plant health, just like the lady was talking about. That includes just pH level, nutrient levels as well. They can change over time. And, uh, if it's a, in a lawn circumstance, if you're using the same type of fertilizer year after year after year, you can start getting extravagant levels. So you think your fertilizing is really going to help, and it could be detrimental. And the testing is the only way to tell what nutrients might be missing as well as which ones might be overabundant. 
the phosphorus and potassium, the last two numbers on the main number, when you get a bag of fertilizer that has three numbers, those last two numbers are the ones that they don't, uh, let's say, leave. They stay right there. So if you continue to put the same thing over and over and over, that's when it becomes trouble, problematic. And for the most part, it's going to be uh, you're going to get your results by doing it this time of year. You're going to have them so you can start planning on what you need to be doing in the springtime. So you need to go below the soil or let's say below the root system of the plant material. So if it's in a lawn or if it's in a vegetable garden or if it's in a perennial bed or wherever it happens to be, you want minimum amount of any kind of root systems or let's say organic green stuff. You want really just dirt, and that's what's really important. So for a lawn, you want to go down about three to four inches. That will help. And for other types of uh, garden space, about six inches in depth to get the amount. And you want about uh, a sandwich uh, Ziploc bag full of soil and then drop that off and you'll find out what the results are. So Bill and uh, Ron will talk to you after we come back from break. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. My old friend, a chance to share old memories, play a song again. Let's head over to Bill's yard. Bill, how are you today? Hi. Um, I have an ongoing uh, project of eradicating some uh, vinca, you know, the green uh, periwinkle. Uh Uh-huh. The ground cover. Yeah. And I was wondering, during the winter like this, you know, it looks nice and green, just like it does in season. Yes. Would Roundup have any effect on it this part of the year? No. Basically not. Even, Even though it's though it still works. green, it's, you know, I mean, in theory, it's not, it's dormant anyway. So the absorption of, with the Roundup is uh, going to be minimal at best. You're probably yeah. going to just be wasting your time and energy as well as the money that you spend for the Roundup. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, oh, one other question. Um, with uh, hostas. You know, the leaves or the foliage is frozen, you know, and wilted down and everything. Right. Could I move them now? Yeah, just get it done pretty quick. You're almost, we're really on the cusp about digging up, you know, stuff and transplanting. And the reason for that is the root system won't necessarily get established. It can't because the ground is cold now. And then if we have a severe cold snap, where it goes, gets down in, you know, the soil really gets yeah. cold, it could just kind of kill them off. But uh, yeah. they're pretty tough and durable. Other things that don't have quite the, let's say, the robust quality that the hosta do, I would say don't do it. But with the hosta, you probably still can. Yeah, just wait till early spring yeah. or whatever. Okay, great. Thanks, you. Yep, my pleasure. And now let's go from Bill's yard over to Ron's yard. Hi, Ron. Well, hi, Mike. Uh, boy, that's a lead-in what I was going to ask you. I, and I think I know the answer to this. Talking about hostas, I have some hosta plants I 
took out of the ground, and uh, I haven't planted them yet, and it's been about a month or so. I've been trying to keep them moist and wet, and um, I got the, the original clump of roots and everything uh, there, but I was just wondering, is it going to be a waste of time to go and try and plant them, or can I do something with some compost that I keep going all the time and bury them and keep them warm, or is there a chance that they're living uh, so, so are they in like paper bags or are they in pots or what are they, right now? They're, they're on the, I have paper wrapped around them, but some, some aren't completely wrapped, but, uh, I've been trying to keep them moist with the paper, you know, containing it and everything. And, and, um, I don't know how, you know, how dehydrated they are or what, you know? Yeah. Well, you... If you unwrap them, you'll be able to tell. But I'd go ahead and get them in the ground as soon as you possibly could. Okay. Yeah, I was going to give him a shot. And I said, I'm going to call him and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, to try to keep them viable and like that uh, could be iffy. There, uh, yeah. You have them yeah. in the basement, or you have them in your garage, or where no, do you have them? I have them outside, alongside the house, and you know. I'm, they got they have some partial sun hitting them almost every day when it's out, and uh, I've been trying to do some, but I've been kind of neglecting them somewhat, and so I don't know what what lies there now. <laughs> yeah. So well, you'll know when you unwrap them for sure. Oh really? Yeah. If they're all dried out, just forget it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, Mike. Well, this I guess it. That takes care of that, and I'll just take a look at them now and, and, you know, see what I have. Sounds perfect. Good luck. Yeah, hosta are really tough, you know, more so than uh, lots of the other perennials. So that's why the other plant that I would say if you had them, you know, in a circumstance somewhat similar would be any of the sunflower group, the black-eyed Susans and the purple coneflowers and things like that, those— those plants are so robust and so tough. I mean, they're pretty, which I never realized till I started growing them about 10 or 12 years ago, how green the foliage stays throughout the entire year. So I cut the, you know, the spent flowers off at the end of the season, you know, in the late summer, early fall, and uh, drop the seed heads from the flowers. And then, uh, like I said, cut the stems, but the the base root system just is popped up. And probably right now, these are for uh, purple coneflowers, probably six inches. And, I mean, it looks really good. So let's head over to Al's yard. Hi, Al. How you doing, Mike? Good. Uh, we, have, we have some plants that are about 25, 26 old, years old in front of the house. And we're thinking about just tearing them out and getting a fresh start for the whole landscaping area. And if we pull out a bunch of bushes and some spireas and some ewes and stuff like that, is there a time frame as far as making sure uh, how long they're out of the ground? Or what's, what do we go about the process of uh, replanting when the time comes? So now you're going to get rid of these, though. You're not digging these up and trying to re- relocate them? No, no. They're just all overgrown and kind okay. of uh, getting... We're going to start showing our porch again and things like that. So Yeah, so, yeah, you could, I mean, get them up and then just improve the soil if you're going to put anything back in that location. 
And even if you're just going to try to grow grass or anything else, once you pull all these things out, get as much of the root system as, as you possibly can and get, like, uh, from St. Louis Composting, a topsoil compost mix and mix it into the existing soil and then determine what you're going to do after that. Okay, and we also have a river birch that's uh, at the edge of a, this uh, particular area, and it's all going to be covered in rock after it's done. It's, you know, it's going to be about 15 plants worth of stuff to redo. The, over, the river birch, when we cut it down, same thing there in that spot. I mean, it's got about a 12 or 15-inch trunk to it. Yeah, that's going to be problematic because the root system will stay viable even if you have the stump ground out for a couple of years. It'll slowly but surely implode, but right at first, the roots are still going to stay aggressive. And uh, so as long as you just don't get into a, a panic and try to get some stuff planted back in that location, then j- patience is the thing to really uh, stick with. Okay, and that's strictly just where the river birch is, not the rest of the uh, stuff throughout the, the landscaped area then? Well, the river birch, the root system, the feeder roots are up near the surface of the soil, and they go out as far as this branches spread on the tree. So that's how far out. Uh, so may, this whole bed space may be you know, impacted as a result of that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, I appreciate the information, sir. Sure, my pleasure. Happy holidays. Same to you. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Yeah, transplanting, as we talked, the two uh, phone calls related to hosta are fine. But uh, anything else, you're taking a, you know, you're just taking a chance. So this time of year, as I keep saying, we just don't know what our weather's going to be like as far as cold temperatures. But anything that you do, if it's hostas or you're transplanting anything, just make sure for the first you know, week or two, if we don't have any rain, that you keep them, keep the soil damp. You don't want to flood it and get it really wet, but you do want to keep it uh, damp. And let's head over to John's yard now, John. How are you? Hey, good morning. Just have a question. Haven't... Um winterized my uh my lawn with uh with any uh fertilizer is it too late to uh to put down winterizer and could i uh maybe put a weed and feed out or am i wasting my money i'll hang up and listen thanks okay yeah weed and feed i wouldn't bother with it's not going to be really effective winterizer we're right at the end of a fertilizing circumstance by the end of November, all fertilizing should be done, and we're in the last week of November, so you got uh, a few days. And when you sort of make, like, calendar quotes, it's just, as you know, we don't know what our weather's going to be like, but uh, it just kind of gives you get it done as soon as you possibly can. So that's the best thing you can do. 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Sunshine came softly through my window today. Could have tripped out DC, but I've Let's head over to Walter's yard. Hi, Walter. Hi, Mike. How are you? Very good. That's good. Um, I bought my banana tree. 25 or 30 years ago at St. John's School Picnic. Wow. 
and uh, I never take it in, never have. And when I bought it, the guy, I, I, I had one stem when I bought it. The guy told me, he said, this is an outside banana tree. You don't ever have to take it in, just cover it up in the winter. And that's what I've done, and it's, I don't know, I guess it's like 10, 12 foot by 5 foot wide and 10, 12 foot long. And uh, comes back every year like like crazy. Yeah, there's actually two major varieties. So you got one that was considered the the winter banana. And, uh, I mean, um, a lot of people don't uh, don't know that there is a difference, but uh, the hardiness is obviously something that you found out that worked yeah, see, out Yeah, I didn't really know well. when you were talking. I thought, well, maybe this guy was just crazy and telling me a story about him. Leaving <laughs> 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 it out. I, I, I'm glad there's two varieties because it, it's really nice to be able to leave it because it's, it's a mess trying to bring them in and out. Oh, yeah. I mean, they get huge like what you've experienced and uh, – in pots are super heavy, and a lot of times people just cut them off and then dig up the root system. But still, the roots are, weigh a ton, too. So even if you just bring them in and put them in the basement, uh, yeah, it's, a lot, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I imagine a root ball under this takes up half my yard. <laughs> um, do you know anything about growing um, 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 Osage orange trees? Osage orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a little bit, yes. I've got, I've got, I've got some started for my kids. From what I've read, they said they should grow a foot tall by spring, and we can plant them in the spring. Does that yes. sound right? Yes, definitely. Oh, okay. I, I, I was surprised. I didn't think they'd go that fast. Well, Alrighty. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to grow that much, but that you know, that's probably the maximum size. And now let's go over to uh, Russ's yard. Hi, Russ. Oops, I'm sorry. Rose. Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, hi. Right before Halloween, I bought a brand new tree, had it planted by the nursery. It's a blooming white lilac tree anyway. Um, Am I still supposed to be watering it? I mean, I have been doing that two, three times a week, about 20, 25 minutes at a time, slow uh, drain, uh, running of the hose. So, do I still keep that going, or am how, I finished? How long ago was this planted? Uh, right before Halloween. Oh, let's see. So You've, two, three times a week I've been doing that. Yeah. Is it time to quit that? Yeah, you can or, probably stop. Oh, okay, because the leaves are definitely falling now since it's fall. So I thought, well, I've planted a lot of trees, and you have— you have designed my backyard, basically, and I have survived everything. So <laughs> I know how to do it. It's just like, you know, do I stop? I don't want frozen water around this tree now. So it's enough. Yeah, usually, uh, you know, two or two to three weeks after something's been installed, additional okay. watering, that's when it's really okay. needed. All right. Well, I think I'm done then. I will put my hose away. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> have a good day. Yes. Russ, how are you today? Good, Mike. How are you, sir? Very good. Um, I have a lot of ornamental grasses in a lot of my landscaping beds, and I've heard two different versions on when to cut them down. I've heard spring and I've heard fall, and I'm just curious what is the best time to, to trim those back and be ready. Well, basically, you can do it either time. You just have to do it before the new growth begins, the reason why people generally do it in the fall is because the blades will sh- more or less shatter, break, 
and then they end up just being a mess. So that's okay. the advantage of you know cutting them earlier rather than leaving them till springtime. Okay. So you just want to okay, make that's... sure if you leave them till the spring, get it done. Depending upon which variety they are, realize that they're clump growers. So the new growth is going to be on the perimeter, and the center is going to have no new blades coming out. That's for, not with every ornamental grass, but that's with a lot of them. Okay. Well, then I'll plan on doing that like in February or early March. Right. Sounds perfect. Great, Mike. Thanks a lot. Yep. Ooh. Okay. And let's go over to Bob's. Hi, Bob. Hey, good morning. Hi. Hello. Yeah. I've got a uh, holly tree, American holly tree, about eight feet tall. And uh, last year, the uh, it didn't leaf out. It lost all most of its leaves. I'd say ninety percent of the leaves. And then I called you guys, and you said, "Well, cut it back," and I did. And it did leaf out but not fully. I'd say maybe 20%, 25% leafed out. And my wife wants me to dig it up and throw it away. And I've been advised just cut it way back to the main trunk. So what do you think? Now, this is American holly, right? Correct. I would say don't bother doing that. It's not going to recover. Okay, just so get rid of it, eh? Pretty much. I mean, you could try it and see what happens, but uh, it's uh, they're, they don't recover from, let's say, a downhill slide. Oh, okay. So can I plant another one in that spot or just? Not in that exact spot because even though the you know it's not healthy or anything else, it still will have some... Uh, Existing root systems that will be persistent, and as they start imploding, even though they don't have big roots like, you know, let's say shade trees and things like that, it still could be detrimental to putting a new plant in that same location. So maybe five, five to seven feet away should be adequate. Okay, so my wife's right. Dig it up and throw it away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. Yeah, Bye. My, my pleasure. And now let's head over to Jim's. Hi, Jim. Hey, good morning. Uh, two couple questions here. Uh, on the gentleman with the vinca, I understand spraying it with Roundup would not be effective now. Right. But would it be in the spring, and what product would you use in the Roundup spectrum? Well, you could use Roundup. I mean, uh but what I would do is I'd make sure that I walked on it or, you know, stomped on it or something to open up some, let's say, open wounds so then, and then uh, apply the herbicide right after that. Excellent idea. All right. I was somewhat surprised, I think, if I heard you correctly, that you might do a little fertilizing this late. Uh, if so, what would be the formula of the NPP? Well, it would be... Uh, just a winterizer type fertilizer. All the major companies have, you know, a winterizer for their lawn, and uh, that's what I would use. All right. I'm not sure that I have one that's called winterizer. So what would you suggest in the three numbers if you get off the top of your head? Then you probably look at, uh, let's say, a 5 10, 10 something along that line, or a 
you want the last two numbers if you've had a soil test done and you're or you're not too overly concerned about too much phosphorus and too much potassium, but you don't want to hold the first number, the nitrogen. You don't want that really high. So, well, folks, looks like the show is almost over. Thanks to everybody for calling in. I greatly appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, I would not be here. So, have a good day, and hopefully tomorrow won't be too cold. See you. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.